bed than all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Hope you're having a good day. Having a good day myself. Sunny day. I'm a little tired, but I don't know how that's going to play out. Anyway. We have some stuff going on, and I wanted to talk about Shakespeare. I wanted to talk about Shakespeare as it relates to gaming, and it's just something that I've been mulling over for a little while, and how to do it, and things like that. And we'll talk about that after this. So, first off, I thought about Shakespeare. I'm an actor, so, you know, I thought about Shakespeare. Specifically, something like Hamlet. Now, Hamlet is interesting in a gaming perspective because the world, I find the world of Hamlet the play in the play a dynamic place. Now, the reason I do that, I say that, is because things happen while the main action is going on. And that should be the way it is in your world. What I'm trying to say is the world keeps going. In other words, in the main in the main act, in the main action, Hamlet is trying to get the goods to take out his uncle, who he thinks killed his father because the ghost of his father told him so. And whether or not that was true or not, but it doesn't really matter. The point is, his uncle usurped his father and married his mother. And I pretty much blame as much her on him because it's like, yeah, fickle woman. Anyway, but that's not the point. What I'm saying is, at the same time, his uncle has got kind of an inkling of what the kid's about and what the kid probably wants to do. And, you know, if he hadn't, he should have thought of that right at the, right at the beginning. Because usually these stories of royals and, you know, don't let the kid grow up. He's going to come back and kill me someday type of thing. So he probably had that mindset anyway. So while Hamlet is plotting against his uncle, his uncle in the background is plotting against him. In fact, Hamlet made it a little easier by accidentally killing Polonius which set Polonius' son out to get revenge on Hamlet. So you see how that goes. But Hamlet, uh, I don't know, he just... The, the idea of trying to catch, trying to put on a play to catch his uncle in a lie or see how he's... Re- I mean, yeah, it's good detective work. But at the same time, I thought it was kind of unnecessary. It's like, yeah, he's a bastard. Go ahead and kill him. You don't have to have absolute proof. I don't know what he was worried about. I think he was worried about like his mother or some other people. He he wanted to make absolutely sure, which in this case, it's he who has the taste is lost. I mean, he even goes so far as to his two best friends, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, get killed on account of him because he wasn't sure. So there's that. But like I said, this is the kind of thing you got to think of when you're in a game. What's going on in your world while the players are doing their little thing? And is there a bad guy working against them? 
It should be. And I, I'm thinking like, you know, that's easy to keep track of. I mean, if you got kind of a plot going on where the villain is involved, really involved, and he's aware of the heroes, they're not always aware, but they may be aware of people against him. So they may be included in that. But it's really easy to do stuff like after every session, say, okay, this is what happened. Did they have a confrontation with the villain? No, they didn't. Okay, how is the villain advancing his plot in the background? What's happening in the background? You should always think about that. Just a small note. I mean, you can formalize it by making forms and things for, okay, you're keeping track of the campaign and what's happening while they're doing this and all this. You don't have to make it real complicated. Just make a note, okay, Dr. X is doing this. This is his, you know his ultimate plan, so he's going to advance this, that kind of thing. So that's something that you always, always should consider. Another thing is, if the if the heroes are actively taking action and actually hindering his plot, when they do something, and say he has, say he's the the head of a big organ, big evil organization, and they take out two of his bases. Well, that's two less bases, so he's got one fine, you know, the resources to recoup from that. Maybe get some new bases or new people or whatever. At the same time get back at them to keep them from, get back at the heroes to keep them from doing this, among other things. I'm sure there's revenge and all that other stuff in the, in play too. So you got to take that. So you just say, okay, they took out this place. You can even just like roughly figure how many, how much resources the guy would have. The resource thing is kind of important, but I would do it in an abstract way. Okay, he has these many people for these many areas and, you know, that kind of thing. You can even do it on a pie chart, like, a, you know, how, like, you know, how, like clocks. And you go, okay, you rub those two out. He's got these two, he's got four bases left. They took out, they had five, took out one. So you rub that out. Okay, how do I, re, how does he compensate for that? And you'll find out next time. It may even lead into a nice little, nice little adventure, not adventure, but I mean a little side thing with the villain trying to send assassins to take them out and things like that. In my cattle drive, the main character knows about the heroes, what they're doing with the cattle drive, and he doesn't, you know, that kind of thing. And he doesn't want the cattle to get there. So he does try and not only, you know, in the back, what I put in the background is the cattle drive itself because they're troubleshooters going ahead. And not only is he trying to stop the cattle drive, he's trying to drop the, stop the troubleshooters from mucking about. So he sends like demons and other monsters, assassins after them, you know, periodically. I don't make a big deal out of it, but they have at least one encounter with one of his forces and they don't know where. And, you know, for the most part, they have no idea where they came from. They're no, they don't know why they're being bothered, but something's going on. They start suspecting. So there's that. And also, you know, I've also got the cattle drive. They contact the cattle drive at periodic points with their talk stones, their magical talk stones. And the the guys keep them abreast of, oh, we had this one, this one ogre take like five head of cattle and scare the herd or something like that. They don't know why because they didn't know of any ogres in this area. So there's that. So that's the kind of thing you just kind of keep it in the back of your mind. It's kind of fun. To me, it's a fun thing to fill in after, you know, between sessions. 
Anyway, I gotta go start my day. So if you guys want to talk about this or anything else, oldmangrognardgmail.com, or you can drop a voicemail on Anchor. We're monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month. You too can help support this program, and I would thank you. And I would also like to thank Jonathan, Oliver, Juan Carlos, Daniel, Dan, Benjamin, Jason, and John Allen. Thanks, guys. Don't forget Dan Gregg's The Young Grognard Podcast, Y-U-N-G, Young Grognard Podcast, Mark C. Wallring's The Owning Albert Podcast, Big John Allen Larges The Red Dice Diaries, and my friend Eric Tenkar's Tavern Chat. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.